Those of you that were here Father's Day, we were giving out the dollar for dads. We had one, I know one happy customer, one family that took advantage of that. We've got the picture right here. Check that out. And got a box full of donuts. That's the great thing about dads, right? Dad gets a donut for a dollar. Everybody gets a donut, right? So anyways, if you weren't here last week, happy Father's Day to all of you. Um, We are continuing our series on prayer that we're calling the Boiler Room. I don't need to go into all that Boiler Room discussion again, but... Our, it's, it's just this desire for us to delve deeper into prayer as a body, for this to become more an important part of our lives personally and as, as a family. Ephesians 6.18 is kind of our verse for this, where Paul says to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and re- requests. Just read this week, Ray Ortland had written this. He says, when we depend on organization, we get what an organization can do. When we depend on education, we get what education can do, but when we depend on God, we get what God can do, and that's why we pray. We want to be involved in what only God can do for us. Isn't that a, a great quote? I really love that, and I've been saying it all along, but I really feel like that really we're all beginners in this discipline of prayer. All of us, I feel like, are that way, even people who've walked long in the faith, and so it's okay to feel like a beginner. And Jason said something really good last week that I appreciated. That, that language of, hey, we're all beginners, or prayer is a tough discipline. A lot of his great saints through the ages have talked about it was, it was not an easy discipline for them. That, that's not an excuse, and I really am appreciative how Jason did that. That is not an excuse to say, oh, well, if the great saints couldn't do it, then I, I'm out. I don't need to do it. That we all need to be students at the feet of Jesus in learning to pray and praying more. And as he said last week, you don't have to be an expert at prayer to pray. He said if you're at the Emporia Zoo and you're down at the exhibit with the mountain lion and you notice the gates open, you don't have to be an expert at closing gates to go close the gate, right? You just do what needs to be done. So let us become and let us be people, people of prayer. And again, we're really trying to be practical through all of this. So today I want to teach you another way, another if we talk about having a toolbox of prayer, a few more tools to add to that. Um, it may seem what I talk about today basic, but as I mentioned a month ago, I learned a long time ago. When I became a follower of Jesus, I had somebody who discipled me from the very beginning, taught me a lot of basics, but a lot of people who came to Jesus, maybe even grew up in church, were never discipled in that way, and so maybe missed basics, nobody's fault. So I don't mind going over some basic things because I just find a lot of people just don't have those things in their own toolbox. And the other thing is, um, I just think it never hurts to be reminded of basics, right? That's why I have the football. Uh, Vince Lombardi, that great, I, I mentioned this like a month ago when I was speaking to a phone at that time, which I much prefer speaking to faces, and I need to learn to speak to that camera sometimes. I'm not very good at that. We need to put like a giant face back there. Maybe Dimerick, could we like get a... What are those things called, the giant people faces? There's a word for those. You know what I'm talking about. Huh? Yeah, fathead. We need a Demrick Patton fathead up there maybe, right by that Finland fat flag. Um, uh, now I totally lost. Yeah, Lombardi, they, the team had lost to a team they should not have lost to, and the next day in practice when they gathered together, he stood up and he said, gentlemen, this is a football and he said, we've got to get back to basics. We lost because we didn't do the basics. We didn't block. 
properly. We didn't tackle properly. So today, this week, we get back to the basics. So there's never anything wrong with getting back to the basics, the fundamentals, right? So that's, uh, that's what you're, we're going to do. Pat gave me a book like a year and a half ago. I guess if you're married to somebody like me, you get books called like Preaching as Reminding. I don't know if the rest of you get books like that. Um, it's just a big thing in our family. And um, yeah, the book was called Preaching as Reminding. And I, I've enjoyed the book because it has reminded me that a lot of preaching and teaching is reminding. Don't we all just need to be reminded of things? That's just the reality. So a little bit of reminding today. The text is Matthew 7. If you turn in your Bible or turn in your phone to that, um, in, on your phone's Bible, not to your phone's texting uh, thing. And I'd like to invite you to stand. So we're turning to Matthew 7. And if you would stand with me, we are going to read some words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. And Matthew 7, and I'm going to start in verse 7. Here's what Jesus said. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, those who seek find, and to those who knock, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, if you know how to good give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And this is the word of the Lord. And so you may be seated. So two things I want you to get from the text. One is, is pretty simple, and the other one, is, I'm going to spend more time. But the first thing that I want you to get from this text is, if you were uh, reading this in Greek, the, those verbs to ask, to seek, and to knock, it's in the present tense, and that doesn't really matter. The, but the whole thing about present tense is in Greek, they can have a verb that just means do it once in a point in time, or they can say it in a way that means this is an ongoing, continual activity. And which would you guess this is? Do you think it's just ask once, or do you think it's the ongoing verb? What would you guess? It's the ongoing, yeah. It is a call not just to ask, but to persistently ask, not just to seek, but to persist in seeking to not just knock once, but to persist in knocking, that he's calling us to this lifestyle of asking, of seeking, and of knocking, that he's wanting us to not just be passive in our prayer, but to, to persist. And that's what Jason talked about last week. He referenced the parable of the, the dude or the lady who's knocking on the judge's door wanting stuff and how they persisted in prayer. Somebody I read this week said, prayer is the active pursuit of God. I, I love this. God, prayer is the active pursuit of God over a period of time, not a series of one-off requests. God wants us to keep on asking, keep on seeking, to keep on asking. And that's what Jason talked about last week. So this call to, to ask, to seek, to knock is a call to be persistent in seeking, pursuing God in those areas. That's the first thing. But the most important thing I want to do is I want to take those three words. Because why did Jesus use those words? Why did he, why did he say ask, seek, and knock? And I think there's reason for it. And so I want to focus on those three things because I really think there are three kinds of prayer. And I want to encourage you to, if you don't, to incorporate these. Not, I think we do it sometimes, but I, since I've learned this, I incorporate them very intentionally in my praying. And so I will, let me set it up. It's just, it's an acronym. It takes, it's, it's ASK, A-S-K, 
The A is ask, the S is seek, the K is knock. That's pretty simple, right? Ask, seek, and knock. And there's kind of this sense that moving from ask to seek to knock, that there's this increasing kind of intensity or it's, he's, he's talking about a deeper thing with each, three of, with each of those three, kind of different levels of praying. And so I just want to hit those three, jump in, and try to define them for you. So the first one is ask. And that's the most basic, fundamental kind of prayer. It's the simplest form. It's what our children do all the time from when they're young is they ask. Even Eleanor last night, if you don't mind me bringing up my granddaughter again, was asking. It's in the form of crying for something, and you can't tell. I mean, you know what they want. But our children are asking from the very youngest age. And asking is simply saying, God, there, there is something I desire, something I want that I can't get on my own, would you give that to me, right? It's something that we know. We have a desire, a longing, a job, or something maybe in our soul we're seeking, a work that he's having. It could be um, something, a blessing for somebody. I don't know what it is, but we have something in mind, and we ask for it, and we long for him to give it. And we ask him because we know that we don't have the ability, and so we need him to, to help. James 4.2, he says that you do not have because you do not ask God. And I know Billy Graham talked, I think it was Billy Graham talked about that there's lots of gifts wrapped in heaven just for us, God waiting for us to ask for something so he can give it, and that a lot of those gifts may go unopened throughout our lifetime. So please don't be afraid to ask. There's nothing wrong with asking. If you're a parent, don't you know that you love being asked by your children for things? I mean, it's just part of an intimate relationship. So please ask. So asking, we're asking for something that we know that we're longing to have. But that seek one is a little bit different. And that's a second kind of prayer. Um, it, I think it involves requesting an answer to something you don't totally know about. Right? If you're seeking for something, you have an idea that there's something out there, but you like, don't know how to get there, or you're not quite sure what it is, so you're, you're seeking for it, you're looking um, it's something maybe lost that's hidden from us, maybe something we just don't know how to get there, a sense of something that we need, but we don't know what it is. So prayer becomes like this search. It's a plea for insight, for understanding, maybe for God to give us a revelation, so to speak, of something, uh, an unraveling of a mystery, something we don't understand that we're asking to have understanding. We're asking for a way. Could you please open up a way to this thing? Because I don't even know how to, how to get there. A um, couple examples would be, I was just talking to Jim Wayman yesterday, we love the Flint Hills, I like getting out in the Flint Hills, we were talking about the big spring out there, and I have a general sense, he was showing me on a map, and I have a general sense where it's at, but if you were to right now dump me in the Flint Hills and say, Garen, get there, uh, I would love to see that thing, I don't know how to get there, and I would do a lot of wandering and searching. In fact, we were, the Harshmans invited us out to Clovercliff about a month ago when there, nobody was out there. It's fun having that place to yourself. Pat and I were out there, and we knew that on their land, there was a spring where the Osage Indians used to live and would get their water. I really wanted to see that spring. And they said there's no really trail to get there, and the map is just kind of general. And we zigzagged all over that area. I was seeking, I knew what I wanted to get to, didn't know what it looked like. We stumbled upon it and found it, which was pretty cool, but it took us a lot of time, and there was a lot of wandering involved in that. So that's what it's like in life. There's something you feel like God has for you, but there's just a lot of unknown, and so 
what we do is we pray prayers of seeking prayers of, Lord, I don't know the way. I need you to show me the way. I need you to help me with that. So that's what the seek. And then there's the knock. So a third kind of prayer, I think, is knocking prayer, not just asking prayer and seeking prayer, but there's also knocking prayer. And knocking prayer involves, what would you guess? Knocking, right? I mean, it's called knocking prayer. Um, it's request for admittance into something. Maybe there's a situation. You feel like you're at an entrance, and there's an opportunity on the other side, but, but the way is shut. There's a barrier. There's a door that's closed, and you're longing. to. It's like you're so close you can smell it but you can't make that final step. You don't have the ability to open the door, and knocking prayer is like standing at the door and, and knocking, wanting that door to be open. And again, like, you know, seeking is a persistent activity. Trust me, if you were out with Pat and I in the Clover Cliff, we were out there quite a while looking for that, that spring, and knocking is the same way. You don't ever go to somebody's house and do, do one of these, and if nobody shows up, you leave, right? It's, it's, it's you do one of these... And, and then you'll do another one, right? Especially if you know they're at home, you might do a third. Like I was telling first service, when I was in Bible college, every Thursday night, they sent our whole Bible college out doing door-to-door visitation in Springfield, Missouri. And everybody in Springfield, Missouri knew it. And everybody in Springfield, Missouri locked their doors and closed their blinds and turned their TVs on very low volume because they didn't want to meet us trying to win their souls at their door. And you'd go to a door, and you'd hear the TV. You'd even hear, like, a little talking. I'm sure, like, oh, no, those BBC people are our neighborhood this week, you know. And you'd knock on the door, and nobody answered. And you'd knock, and finally, I was the one who's always like, can we just get out of this, get off this porch because they're not interested in talking to us. But knocking has a sense of persistence. It's seeking to get to, get to some kind of opportunity. And so let let me, I want to illustrate this in a second, but I want to challenge you. When you pray, don't just, you know, we all ask. Sometimes I think we're seeking and knocking and don't know it. This just gave me language that I use of God. Like, Lord, I'm not just asking for something. I'm seeking for something, and I need a way. Or I'm at a door, and I can't get through. I need you to open that door. So I encourage you to use this uh, in your own prayer language. Sometimes I'm just doing one of those things. I'm at a door and I'm just asking for it to be open. Sometimes I'm asking for all three for an event. Can I just give you a few examples of this? Can I do that? Uh, and these examples are ones where all three were involved. I think we all have friends that are lost, family members, somebody that we're concerned spiritually for where they are. And I mean, I was that way with my family, my parents, my brothers. And you pray for them. You ask, Lord, I would long, I long for my brother, for my father. I long for my coworker. I long for the student I'm working with to come to give their life to you, to know that life, to have you come live inside of them, transform them for you to become the Lord of their life. Would you please, I ask that you would bring them to that point of salvation. That's an asking prayer. A seeking prayer would be like this. Lord, I don't know the best way, one, to love and serve them, I need to know the best way. How can I really love and serve them in a way that, that impacts them deeply? But also, I just don't know the best approach to use. What are the words? When's the right time? I don't know. So I'm seeking. Would you please, would you give me ideas? I need you to speak to me. I need you to, to give me a sense of something of the best way to deal with that person. So that's seeking prayers because I'm just not sure the best way to influence them. And then knocking prayer is, 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 Lord, even if I get there, or maybe they become interested, I can't control their decision. I can't control your heart. I can't control their heart. 
Only the Spirit of God can open that door, make them responsive. And so I'm praying, Lord, not only show me the best way to deal with them, you've got to be the door opener in their life because I can't do that. That's why Paul, in Ephesians or Colossians, maybe both, I don't remember which one right now, asked that they would pray that doors would be open for him. So that's what knocking is. So that's how I ask, seek, and knock for somebody that, that I'm concerned about. I have a friend, a very close friend, that's been looking for a job for a while, um, had graduated from the university, was needing, was longing for full-time employment in his field. Had some full-time employment, but it wasn't in his field, and he was wanting it to be in his field. And he wanted it to be close to home. He wanted it to be close to family. That was his ask. So we were praying with him. Lord, would you give him a job in his field, full-time, close to home? That was the ask. Um, he was doing a lot of looking, looking on message boards or whatever. I, you know, I don't, job searching was so different long ago. Um, was doing the things he needed to, wasn't finding any leads. And so we're like, Lord, there's something out there. We believe you have something for him, but we have no clue of the way to find that thing. We need you to show the path. So could you please, could you please show us what that path was? It ended up that God brought somebody in his li- into his life who was that pathway, who started him on a path to get to a place, and God answered that request. So he got in the company, and local company, working full-time but hourly, no benefits, was needing the benefits to provide for his family, and we're like, okay, they're there, you've, you've, you've given him the job, you, you opened the path, now we're here, but there's this, there's this still door that's blocking him from what he's seeking. And what happened is, is there became a position open that he was seeking and they wanted him to slide into. But this company locally is actually a national company. So his, he does his resume and all that online and it goes to the national company. And in getting there, ask my daughter, I didn't know this, but when companies get things now, they just put it through a computer thing and it'll take certain words and it'll spit, it'll either accept you or won't and before it even goes to a human being, that's most of the time. And he kept getting filtered out because of one thing. And so when they would send names to the company locally, his name was never on it. But they wanted him in that position. But because of the national thing, they couldn't. And so the door was shut. And we're like, Lord, we need you to open that door for him. Only you can do that. And the position opened again recently. Somebody I care about a lot. It opened again recently. They've, they tried, I think, their third time to apply, and guess what happened this time? The filter didn't kick him out, and his name came back to the local company. And it's, it's not done yet, but it's pretty close. Like, the door looks open, so we're still praying, Lord, would you finish that and give him that, that ability? So, do you see how we've been praying? We've been asking, and then we were seeking, and now we're knocking, Another one would be our quad group that meets on Thursdays. We pray for each other a lot. And last um, fall, it was, kind of, it was in the fall, we were coming to the spring. Steve Blocker, who's the track coach at ASU, was in our group. And there was a, a, a runner who was like a fifth-year senior, was doing his master's degree. Something had happened. He was supposed to get an extra year of eligibility. They only gave him one semester, which was the fall. But his event is in the spring, and they wouldn't let him participate in the spring. So he got notification from the NDCAA, he couldn't participate with the track team. He was off. And Steve said, this is a really good kid, and he cared about him a lot. And he's like, it just kind of crushed him. And he said, I, I would just love for him to have that opportunity. 
And we actually, the day Steve shared that with us, we in our group talked about this. And we're like, all right, Steve, we are going to apply, ask, seek, knock to that. And so we did as a group, we got together and we said, Lord, Steve's longing and desire is that this student would be able to, would get reinstated. That's, that's what we're asking. We are asking that for you. Steve has tried every route that he knows to make it happen and nothing's worked. If there is another way, we need you to show him that way. And not only that, whoever's in charge up there keeps saying no. And maybe he's, we, maybe he's already found the way, but the problem is we're at a door that won't open. And so we're knocking. Would you please give favor for this student to whoever that is in the NCAA, wherever they are, that they would grant that to him? And we prayed that. That afternoon, about 3 o'clock, text message came from Steve to our group, and he said, the NCAA contacted me just an hour ago, and they said they changed their mind on that ruling, and they were going to give him that extra semester. And he got to run half the semester, right, because of COVID. So, but that was just a really cool thing, and we were so excited because we together as a group, we had asked, intentionally asked, we had we seeked or sought together, and we, we knocked, and it was cool to see God do that. Now, that last example, though, I want to say that's a great example of God answering prayer, and I don't mind sharing it. Here's the danger anytime I share a story like that. The danger is, number one, some of you are praying for something right now. You're asking, you're seeking, you're knocking. You're like, I don't have my answer. I'm still waiting, and it can get discouraging. So please hang in there and wait. That's going to be the topic the next two weeks. We're going to talk a lot about waiting and waiting prayer. So hang in there. We don't, you don't know God's timing. So don't be discouraged. The other thing that to me is a worse problem that can come from this is you hear that and you start thinking, people are like, oh, well, God's Santa Claus. Uh, you pray and it just happens. Um, God does answer prayer, but God is not Santa Claus. He doesn't just give us everything we ask carte blanche. So don't take that out of this. And I'm going to give you three reasons why. One because this text we did today is out of the Sermon on the Mount, and earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, when teaching us to pray, he said, our Father in heaven, may your name be made famous, or hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your what be done? Your will be done. So Jesus already set the table that in our prayer life, we're longing for the will of God, so he's already set the table with that way. So we, we long for his will. It's just not that he gives us everything we ask. There needs to be some congruence between that and his will. James 4.3 says that when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend it to get on, on your own pleasures. And we've all done that. We've seen our children do that. We all know what that's like as parents. Um, so God's not just Santa Claus. And if you, if you ask, seek, knock, boom, just automatically. He longs to give us things. He says if you ask, he will give. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, he'll open. That's his longing. But it's just not a carte blanche kind of thing. The other reason I know that is really the rest of the text in Matthew 7. So let me read this again, if you don't mind. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So Jesus puts this all in the context of God being a father and in the context of a relationship, not, not the Easter bunny, but a father who knows you intimately, who loves you. And here's what 
And I really, if there's anything I just want people to know so desperately, over the years internationals, if you would think in terms of your relationship with God, in terms of other relationships, your relationship, you know, as a father has helped me so much in understanding God, that he is a father. He's just not a machine. You put a quarter in and out pops a certain thing. Fathers, I think two things, they have two longings. One, fathers long to provide for their children and they long to give gifts. Every father, every good father enjoys giving gifts, even things that aren't necessarily needed, right? But they enjoy giving gifts. But the second longing, I think, of a good father is they long for their children to flourish. And what that means is, is a good father gives good gifts. And not every gift is a good gift, right? All of us who are dads, we know that. You know, my kids, I still remember long ago, one of our kids, we had supper after ice cream, and she says, Dad, I've got a great idea. And I said, what's that? She said, like for breakfast, lunch, supper, like no more of that other food, how about ice cream for breakfast, ice cream for lunch, ice cream for supper? And I said, you know, that's a great idea, but that's not good for you, so no, I'm not going to give that to you. And I just use my illustration from next week. That's okay. Um, but a good father gives good, gift, good, gives good gifts. He is not the ice cream man. The ice cream man used to come down Congress. The kids would hear that sound long before we did, and they'd want to be going out there with a quarter, right? It was a quarter back then, I think, or 50 cents. I don't remember. Maybe it was a quarter when I was a kid. Anyways, they'd want to go out with the money. And here's what I learned about the ice cream man. If you gave him what he wanted, it didn't, if you gave him what he wanted, he would give you what you wanted every single time, right? If my kids always went out with money, he'd give them ice cream every time they asked for it because he didn't care about their flourishing. He didn't care if their teeth rotted out because who would pay the bill? Me. He didn't care if they would become obese or whatever. He didn't care. He just cared about the ice cream business. But as a father, I care. And so I always wanted to give good gifts. And here's what I know is sometimes I, thinking I'm asking for a fish, I ask God for a snake, right? I'll ask for something I think is good for me that he knows is not. And if I ask for a snake, he wants to give me what? A fish, except in China. I was doing this with a new Christian from China, going through this text, and he totally didn't understand it. I can even see the confusion. He goes, I don't understand that. He said, because he was from a province where they love eating snakes. So he's like, I'd rather have a snake than fish any day. And I'm like, well, let me explain the rest of the world. Like, most people don't do that, don't eat the snakes. I know in Texas they do, and in your province they do, but we don't in Kansas. So sometimes we ask for a green mamba, and God wants to give us something else, right? So we trust his goodness. So... He is a good father. He wants to give good gifts. He wants to provide. He wants you to flourish. He wants you to ask. He longs to give. He wants you to seek. He longs for you to find. He wants you to knock because he longs to open doors for you. That's what he longs to do. So let us be a people that ask, that seek, that knock, that we ask for the things we desire, that we, we seek for things where we don't know the way. And like I talked about a month ago, remember, we, we should pray from the inside out. Don't just focus on the externals. It's so easy. Focus first on the internals. Lord, I need transformation in here. I'd long to have this, but do the work in here that I need, that I can have that well. Um, but, so don't be afraid to ask, to seek. Don't be afraid to knock, to seek entrance into places where only God's power can get you. Um, but above all, let us trust God as our good and loving Father. That's most important. 
right? When you can't see his hand, always trust his heart. Always trust his heart. So I'm going to have the worship team come on up. We want to finish with um, an invitation to a life of prayer, a life of coming before him to the altar. I do have a question as they come up. I'm really curious, how many of you right now are asking for something? Raise your hand. How many of you, there's something you're desiring in your life, you're asking for? Any askers in here? How about seeking? Is there anybody in here that you're seeking? The path's dark, you feel like there's something, you just don't know what it is, but you're seeking. How about, we have any knockers in here? You're at a place and you're like, there is a door I cannot get through Only God can open it. Who's knocking? I want to know who's knocking. Can I pray for you guys? Pray for myself. Father, there are those of us here who are asking for things. Probably if we're asking and we're raising our hand, it's because we don't have it. And we're in that process of asking and waiting and persisting. Help us to persist. Um, Above all, help, help us to trust your heart and your goodness, seeking whatever is you know is best for us and is for your fame. Lord, there are people here that are seeking right now. There's a lot of confusion. They don't know the way. It's frustrating. I pray you would open the path, show the way, shine the light, give the next step. And Lord, there are people here that are knocking right now, that they're at the door, they're needing something. They're like that close. They can smell it, but they can't get through that. And Lord, I pray that at the right time, if it is the right thing and at the right time, that you would open that door. But above all, just help us to keep coming to you, to keep coming to the altar, to trust you with our lives. And I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Please join us on this journey to prayer. We still have the boiler room up there. Get on that page. Last week, the link wasn't working properly, but we got it a week, I think. But we long for your prayers, our body. We need it now more than ever. We've always needed it. Um, There is so much unknown. If you talk to pastors, church leaders, you talk to businessmen, there's still so much unknown. Dying, longing for strength, for wisdom. So get on there, click on that. You pick a day, you pick an hour. You don't even have to pray the whole hour. Like 10 o'clock on Monday, on your phone, just set an alarm that goes off. And then just for a minute, if you would just take a knee and pray for your ask, your seek, your knock. Pray for this body. Pray for the leadership. We, would, we really long for that right now. Um, talked to a businessman this week. He said, I'm so tired from all the decisions and undecisions and redecisions. And I think we all feel that way. It's been a very tiring season. So just long for your prayer. So we're going to, before you leave, come see the Patons. They're going to be up here. Come talk to them. Learn more about their ministry. Say hi. Give them a high five, whatever you feel comfortable. But come give them... Come see them. And as always, because we are living on mission with God, we, come, we gather to worship Him, <coughs> to be formed by Him. This doesn't sound good, right? <laughs> to be formed by Him so that we can be sent by Him. So come talk to the Patons and you are sent.